Welcome to the Big Church Podcast. We are a church in Barrie, Ontario, Canada, and we hope you are blessed by this message. For more information, check out our website at bigchurch.cc. We've got, um, uh, I wanted to, um, before I get into my message, we went to a Billy Burke meeting. How many have been to a Billy Burke meeting or heard of Billy Burke? So um, we, uh, powerful, powerful meetings. We're going to go again next month, and we'll probably put it in the weekly. We should put it in the weekly. Monday night, they have a meeting. They have a meeting Sunday night, but we don't want you there. We want you here. Holy Spirit's here, too. So, But Monday night, uh, he has a meeting, and we went down. Uh, myself, uh, Aaron, Mustafa, um, Rhoda, Trish, Sheila, and um, and Mustafa received uh, a healing and uh, a, a, a miracle. So he's going to share it. We're going to use translator, right? And so he's going to come up. And I want to welcome everyone there on YouTube where we, we started. And uh, so we're going to, before I get started, um, this message today is called Holy Spirit Power. And we're starting out with a power testimony. <laughs> All right. So, this is Mustafa. He is from Turkey, and he is now Canadian. <clears throat> well, he's he's not officially Canadian yet, but once he gets his court hearing and all those things, but he, in his heart, he is becoming Canadian. So, we are going to try to do this with translator. We'll see how it goes. So, um, are you ready? You want me to hold the mic while you do? Yeah, Denise. Herkese merhaba. Hoş geldiniz. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Ben dört yıldır çok ağır travmalar yaşadım kendi ülkemde. Ve çok ağır antidepresanlar kullanıyordum. I have experienced very heavy traumas for four years in my own country, and I was using very heavy antidepressants. And we went there on Monday last week. I can't say the name of that guy because it's English. Yellow man. He's a yellow man. All of us are yellow to him. Oraya gittiğimde çok heyecanlandım. Ve onun karşısına geçip benim gözlerim için dua etmesini istedim. When I got there, I was so excited, and I asked her to stand in front of her and pray for my eyes. And when I came across her, she put her hand on my heart and the other hand on my head, I trembled. I've never experienced anything like this before I got goosebumps and started breathing deeply. Her is him. It translates weird. I went to her for my eyes, but after I left her, I got into the car and there were reactions to my antidepressant in my body before. I stopped the antidepressant about two months ago and was still on sleeping pills. 
And after I left her, crusts were falling on my tongue due to the effects of antidepressants before, my tongue was white. And after I left, I realized there was nothing on my tongue while swallowing. And I had restless legs syndrome because I stopped taking antidepressants because I had been using antidepressants for years and my body wanted antidepressants and was in poverty. After I left, not my eyes, but my antidepressant, all the effects it had on my body were gone because God knew what I needed. He gave me what I needed. I want to share a word of God with you. While he's getting that, I just wanted to share. He didn't uh, tell you, but that night he slept. He normally would have a hard time going to sleep for quite a while. He would put his head on the pillow. He was down in a minute, and he's been doing that every night since, and he's been sleeping through the night, and so, and it's been good. God says in Luke chapter 11, 11 to 13, if your children wanted fish, would you give them instead of snakes? Or if they wanted eggs, would you give them scorpions? Of course not. Therefore, if you sinners know how to give good gifts to your children, the more your heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't have a problem saying yellow man. <coughs> man. Yeah, so I want to encourage you. It's um, what, I, what is very encouraging about these meetings, like people have been to healing meetings in the past. Sometimes there's a lot of hype, and it's almost, I've been, for my, anyway, my history of them, um, it can be a, a lot of hype where there's this big expectation. Billy Burke just comes in, and he just lifts your faith, and he just, the way he shares and speaks, there's no hype. And it, it just, miracles start happening. People just start testifying. It's just, I've, I've not seen more miracles in meetings in North America in a long time. Multiple, like blind eyes opening, deaf ears opening, like notable miracles, cancers leaving, people coming back the next day, tumors gone. Just, Guys, we need to be at these meetings because this is what raises our faith and we're seeing God do these kinds of things. Amen? We, with this, the place should be packed. It, it, well, it was getting packed, but I mean, it was Toronto. 600 people is not a lot for Toronto. We need to see a greater hunger. Amen? For the things of God. Because God's great. You know, this weekend is May 2-4 weekend. Right? Get out the two fours. Woo-hoo-hoo. Now it's the smoke up the doobies, right? Because we can, we can get high now. We're not just drunk, but we can get high. But I know it's cheesy, but there is no high like the most high. Drinking. People, you know, people ask, well, why don't you smoke? Why don't you drink? Because I said, because it's a downer for me. It's a downer for me. When you've got the best, why would you want to settle? You know, the Bible says, uh, well, Acts 2-4. We're making an Acts 2-4 weekend. And it says, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm springboarding off of Pastor Sheila's. 
Because it's about being filled. It's not about just getting by. It's not about just barely making it. It's about being filled. And it says, and they were filled and they began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Ephesians 5.18 says, don't get drunk with wine because it only will ruin your life. Instead, so he gives us a substitute. So young people, it's like there's always that pull of this, this, this. It's like we got to say, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm substituting this for something better. Instead, I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And there is so much in the Holy Spirit that we have not experienced. And I'll tell you, having Mustafa, he's right currently, he's here. He's getting settled, but he's been at our place. And um, it's, it's been so good because we've just had times where we're just challenging each other in God. And he's hungry for God. And when you're hungry for God and when there's a desperation for your faith, it challenges you. And sometimes we can get a little bit just settled. And it's like not realizing, no, God's big. There's more. There's more that we can get, get from God. And that we, we, we don't need to settle. And, and so I want us to look at, we're going to look at a portion in Acts. And I want to stir you up by reminding you. And we're going to get filled again today. We're going to press in with our faith because we allow ourselves to be filled with a lot of things. We live in a culture that you can just get filled by so many other things. And they're just so accessible and so easy. And it's so convenient that we can just be satisfied with the things that we can get externally. Right? We w really wouldn't need the Holy Spirit. It's, it's in those times of desperation. It's in those times when, when we really, that we, we draw on that, we pull, and then we see how awesome he is, and we, we experience that. But, but then we can be so lulled away and let other things fill us, and just let them fill us. And let him fill us. And then we haven't made room for him. We haven't made time for him. We haven't allowed him to fill us with something more. And he wants to. And so I want to go to, to we're going to look at the book of Acts. And we're going to, before this happened in Acts 2-4, we're going to go kind of rewind. Because Jesus, when he, when he died on the cross, this is what it says. We'll read this. We'll read it because I, I don't need to explain it. It says, during the 40 days after he had suffered, um, we're reading Acts 1, 3. It says, during the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. So he had to prove it to them many times. These are the guys that walked with him. These are the guys that he spent three years with pouring into, pouring into, building their faith up, and they are the biggest doubters. They're, like, needing to know, like, and he had to prove himself. We, we don't realize how much our faith is depleted. We don't realize how much the world sucks that out of us constantly, and Jesus wants to get through to us, and, he, and here he did it in many ways. And it says, and he talked to them about what? The kingdom of God. He was telling them there's something, there's something more here. There's a better kingdom. There's a better way. And so then it says, once he was eating with them, he commanded them. So he commanded them. It's not a, a, a suggestion here. He commanded them. And he said, go. He says here, um, Don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised, as I told you before. John baptized with water, but in, in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And it's not just one baptism, guys. We seem to think, oh, I got it once when they, they laid hands on me. There are many baptisms of the Holy Spirit. There are intense, different baptisms at different times where he does different things, where he immerses you in something more that you need. And I'll tell you, if we ever needed a baptism and a slam dunk by the Holy Spirit, it's now. Big time. I'm not just preaching that to you. I'm preaching it to me. We need more. We need more. So he said this. 
It says, so when the, the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? So all they're wanting to see is this earthly kingdom. They're just like, come on, let's just, let's kick some butt down here. Let's get our swords out. Let's straighten everything out and let's make this good. He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times and they are not for you to know. But, look at your neighbor and say this is a bit big but in the Bible. But you will, what? Receive power! You will receive power! Not nice words that are going to make you feel good. Floatsy little sayings that are going to encourage you and strengthen you. No, you will receive power. Power. Because we need power. We need power. We don't need all that other stuff. We can do that with power. And it'll be effective. But if we don't have power and power from the Holy Spirit, we're done. So he says you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And... You will be my witnesses, telling people about me just when you feel like it. And, you know, on a good day. No, everywhere, all the time, everyone knows. Everyone, everyone, everywhere. Amen? That is the main reason why we have the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After saying this, he was taken up into a cloud while they were watching, and they could no longer see him. As they strained to see him rising into heaven, so they're all just looking, they're like, you know, straining. You're like, come on, like, these angels come, and they said, hey, guys, like, he's gone. He's coming back again, but the same way he came, he's going to come back, but, like, he's gone now. So... He says, they said, Jesus has been taken from you into heaven, but someday he'll return from heaven in the same way you saw him go. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of a half a mile. And when they arrived, they went to the upstairs room of the house where they were staying. Here are the names of those who were present. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all met together and were constantly united in prayer, along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. And during this time, when about 120 believers were together in one place, Peter stood up and addressed them. So we see here that there was 120 people and they were given a promise, and they said, you need to go, and you need to wait for this. And they were unified in prayer, waiting for this promise. Now, 120, but that promise was given to more than 120. That promise, they estimate, like 300, 350. So not everyone showed up at the prayer meeting, right? But the hungry ones were like, no, he said wait, he said wait, let's come together, let's be united, let's pray. He is our source, he is the one that we need to get everything that we need from. We are staying here till we get what we need to get. Amen? Prayer and, and, and waiting on God and, and spending that time with God has to be the foundation of everything that we do. It is our life source. We have a prayer night once a week. Why? Because we believe it is the foundation and the life source of everything that we do. We need to make room for it. It's not a sideline thing. It is the number one thing. It's the only thing Jesus did that he did on earth that he is continuing to do in heaven. Pray. That's the only thing that he, he continued from earth to heaven. He is now at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession for you and me. And what did he say his house would be called? A place of great music, really cool people, super-duper encouraging, successful people. Those are all good things, but that is not the foundation. 
a house of prayer, a people that would call out to him that had a dependency and an urgency that he is coming, that I need to be ready, that I have to be connected with him, that he is my life source. All these other things around me are not, are not. And so these guys were in the prayer meeting. They're waiting, they're waiting, and they're waiting. And we're going to go now to Acts 2. We're going to start at verse 1. And so it says, on the day of Pentecost. So this is 10 days. So they had to go 10 days. Jesus' adiosis pops up into the clouds, and he waits 10 days. Because why? Because the day of Pentecost, it had to be on the feast of Pentecost. God is also a God of order. He, he designed the feast, and, and if you understand these and understand how Jesus fulfilled, he died on Passover. He fulfilled every part of that uh, feast, and now the day of Pentecost, he was coming, and he was going to bring the Holy Spirit because he said, we're not orphans anymore. He's sending the Holy Spirit to be with us. Amen? Christians should not be the ones that are lonely and depressed and wondering what's going on. You need to be filled with the Spirit. And that's why Peter and, and, and Paul and all of them could, could praise God in prison. And it didn't matter if they had chains because the Holy Spirit was with them. And they were worshiping and they were praising regardless. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was there. Amen? They're not orphaned. They're not alone. Amen? And we need to remind ourselves of this. And it says, And on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Another translation, it says, And they were in one accord. That is a miracle in itself. That 120 people were in one place, in one accord, ready. God was working. And it said, Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Amen? How many think this is not really church, normal church? All of a sudden, this whirlwind comes. And I've, I've heard of testimonies where they've had Holy Spirit baptism services, and fire departments came and saw flames on the roofs of, of the church building. There, there are there's several accounts. And, and he manifests himself that way. But this was a mighty windstorm. And so they've never seen anything like this before. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. God's a strategist. He took a time when all the nations were coming for a feast, the Feast of Pentecost, and they were all there. And God's like, I'm going to display my power right in the midst of all of this, right in the public square, not inside any walls. And so it says here, when they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. <clears throat> and they were blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go into all of, the, all of them because it, it doesn't really matter. And it says, and we hear all these people speaking in our own languages, about the wonderful things God has done. Amen? So they're getting a supernatural language. That's what happens when we get our heavenly language from God. Some of us will speak in a language that's known by men, but some are speaking the, the, the language of, of angels, of, of God, of, of heaven. But it's a vocal miracle. I used to think it was just gibberish. It was just, you know, here's someone they're doing, praying their tongues is just gibberish. And I, I hear Mustafa talk, and it sounds like gibberish. And, and they talk pretty fast and pretty long. Something we say this long is like this long in one word. And so it just sounds like that. But it's a distinct language that heaven knows. And that when you speak it, the Bible says you're speaking directly to God. You're not speaking to men. 
Now, in this case, God gave them supernatural uh, ability with, with earthly languages, and they spoke that out. And they were declaring the, the praises of God. But your heavenly language was given to you by God, and it was given to give power to us that we can get no other way. No other way. Because, see, our English, our language only goes so far. How many have had prayers over a situation and you've prayed and then you ran out? You're like, okay, I don't know what else to pray. I, I don't know this. I don't know. I can only pray so far. Guess what? The God who knows everything and the Spirit of God in you who knows everything can pray what you don't know. And when you pray in your heavenly language, you're praying exactly what God wants in that situation. You begin to pray it out. There are lots of times I go into a situation, I don't even know what to pray for in English. I just look at it, and I just say, God, and I just, and then all of a sudden I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, and then boom, he gives me the understanding. My spirit lines up. I'm like, wow. It gives you a power it takes limitations off of you. It breaks the power of the enemy. And it fills you with something more that you need. Both of us, all of us need. Amen? Because this world is sucking the life out of you 24-7. The devil is doing his job. Right? And we got to do our job. We are the light on a hill that's not to be covered up. Not to be snuffed out. We are called to be that light that shines. And how does that light shine? The Bible says we got to put the oil in the lamp. If we don't have our lamps filled with the oil, and what is the oil? The Holy Spirit. He is the oil. And we are to keep our lamps full. We're to allow that oil of the Holy Spirit to be poured through us. And it says here, they stood there amazed and perplexed. They said, what can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying they're just drunk, that's all. So how many know they were, they were pretty sloshed in God, okay? They were probably like, just in awe of God. How, how many have been sloshed in God? <laughs> it's great. I two, two replenish retreats ago, it doesn't happen to me often. I'm like more the, right? And God's like, no, he needs a drink real bad. <laughs> and I couldn't even walk. I was gone. And, and you don't pretend that thing, and I, I wasn't even asking for it. I was just wanting to be filled, but God knows what we need. But there were people there that obviously looked that way. Right? And why does God do that? To totally bash religion. To totally kibosh all of that reservedness and all of those things that try to hold us. God has to just shake that out of us. And, and he can do it. And so he, they said, someone said they're, they're, they're all drunk. Then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and he shouted to the crowd, Okay, Peter. Where was Peter when Jesus was crucified? Can anyone tell me? What kind of position was he in? Not good. What did he do? He denied Jesus, and the Bible says he went away and he wept bitterly. How many know that would be a pretty hard thing to get over? So here's a guy that did something, probably the worst thing, because if you understand Eastern culture, you're faithful to your father or your mentor to death. And if, if you aren't, that is a very shameful thing. Very, very shameful. Like more so than we understand in our culture. We just shove them in a home and just kind of, we do. That's the attitude here, not there. They care for their elderly, and they will be faithful right to death. That's just in the culture. I know that when I've been over to India and these other countries, 
they are like that. They take care of their own. And so for Peter to do that would have been a very hard thing. But guess who's the first preacher on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes upon him? Who gets transformed to the point where he says, I'm going to be the first one to speak again. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to tell them. And it says here that he all of a sudden, he says here, Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles, and he shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistakes about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. And in the last days, let's read it together. God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my, my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. Let's read this together. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? And this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the work, is that all people would know. That is our number one mandate. It's become a circus act in a lot of the Holy Spirit circles. It's what can I get from the Holy Spirit, and it's what kind of manifestation can I have? What kind of can experience can I have? It's not about I need to get more power from God so that I can go out and I can be bold, and I can be a witness that declares the Word of God, that declares and brings others to Him, and that I have boldness to break those things down, those arguments and those mindsets, that I have boldness to bring God's power, to bring healing and deliverance to those that are around me. Amen? Yeah, we need it for ourselves too. But we need it. We freely we receive, freely we give. And this is what the, the apostles knew right from the beginning. And we see this again with Peter and John. They're in a situation where they were going to the temple. And again, we see it. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just recapping this part because we don't need to read that whole part. We're going to read one section, but not this. So they, they, the Bible says they were going to the, to, the, to the synagogue for the hour of prayer. So there was a set time where they would go to pray. And so they were on their way to this prayer meeting. And the Bible says there was a man crippled from, from birth, 40 years crippled, and he was begging. Now, I'm sure they passed him several times, but this day they passed him. And the guy says, you know, he was begging, and Peter said, silver, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have, I give you. So the Holy Spirit, obviously, that day had something that he knew he was going to give him. And he took him immediately, lifted him up, and the Bible says he went r running and leaping and praising God, and they couldn't shut him up after that. And so now I want to go, because they went to jail for this. <laughs> Because this is what religion will do. And this is what people that are stuck in where they want to be controlled by rules and do's and don'ts of religion and the control of religion and don't want the, the reality of Jesus and the truth of Jesus. And we can, we can all settle in it in a different way. People are, think, oh, I'm not religious. You know, I dress up some days and I dress down some days. And when I dress up some days, some people are, you know, I well, why are you dressing up? It's because I'm not making a religion about not dressing up. You can be religious about not dressing up. We can get religious about all kinds of stuff. We can just, we can get in a rut. And we can get stuck. And so these guys were really stuck. And you know what? Jesus decides he's going to, on his home turf, where he was crucified. See, I would have done it a different way. I would have went to another country because the name of Jesus had power, right? So why go to the place where the most controversy would be? 
that that's the place where you were crucified. That's the place where they, the, the most lies are about you. And he's like, I'm going right on their home turf. And it's actually many of these guys, these Sadducees and Pharisees that, that are dealing with Peter now, which we're going to read in Acts 2, they are now confronting these guys. They thought they got rid of Jesus. And guess what Jesus did? He multiplied himself over and over and over again. Why? Because the Holy Spirit now was not just on Jesus. It was now on all who followed him. We no longer could just have, because in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit could just be on you. It could not be, he could not be in you. Only Jesus, because he was perfect, could have the Spirit without measure, and the Holy Spirit could dwell in him. But Jesus had to cleanse us, and when the disciples received, were, were saved by the cross and what Jesus did, then he could then dwell in them. And they became the temple. And we take it for granted. You know, when I'm praying, and, and I just, it's like I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Like, it's not this church. I'm the temple. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so these guys, they knew this. They knew what they had. Peter said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I have, I'm giving to you. He had something. He had something that he could give. And I'm asking myself this. Do I have enough of the Holy Spirit in me? Because I determine that. The Holy Spirit doesn't determine that. I have to yield to him. What have I filled myself with? What have I taken the time to let fill me? Because that's my, my responsibility. How have I allowed the Holy Spirit and its fire to work in me? And it says here, so we're going to take it from Acts 2. It says, while Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priests and the captain of the temple guard and some of the Pharisees. And these, these le leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. And they arrested them, and since it was already evening, they put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed. Because they're, they're testifying of this man's miracle. So the number of men who believed in that are now totaled about 5,000. Now the next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. And... and Annas, the high priest, was there, along with Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. And they brought in the two disciples and demanded. This is what they demanded. This was the threat. And this is what we need, church, in Canada. By what power? What power? Is there a power source coming out of our life, coming out of what we do, operating in everything that we do? Are we, are we hearing God? Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to use us? And are we allowing his power to be seen? We're, we're depending so much on lip service. We're depending so much on ability. And I'm not against those things. But they're not number one. They are subject to God's power and should be used for God's power, should be used for God's glory. They take the back seat. His power is the engine. Amen? All of our abilities, all of our talents, everything that we have is the caboose. The engine is the power of God. Amen? And they said, by what power? Or in whose name have you done this? Those are the two things, guys, that are going to be a threat in the next bit when we're getting here. Is the name? Jesus Christ. That's a threat. And the power you walk in. Because people have got a lot of insecurity, a lot of fears. 
And when you walk in power and confidence, not of arrogance, from God, people will either be drawn to it or they'll be threatened by it. They'll love you or they'll kill you. That's the way it goes. And here they're seeing it. And whose name? And then it says here, then Peter filled. Look at this. Then Peter, what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. He was so full. What did he do? He said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? <laughs> Come on. Are, are we being punished for this? Do you want to know how he was healed? <laughs> He's just creating the whole platform. The Holy Spirit knows exactly what to say. Amen? When we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we don't say the wrong thing. Hallelujah! That's a big one for me, let me tell you. Let me clearly state to you, all of you, and to all the people of Israel, that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. The man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is no salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. How many know that's a power-packed preach? And that's like, people are like, oh, what can I say in two minutes? Lots. When the Holy Spirit's in it, you can slam a punch and just Because that's all he had. After two minutes, you know, they say in advertising, it's about three minutes. He's like, I've got, I've got about two, three minutes, and i got to get it out because they're, they're going to be gone. And, and look what happens. And it says here, the members of the council were amazed. Why? When they saw the wonderful words and the eloquence by which Peter and John spoke. Their words were so polished and perfect. They were amazed by what? Boldness. Why? These guys were confronting death. These guys were confronting hatred. These guys were confronting every single thing that their culture had said was wrong. And they were going to challenge it. They were going to stand in the face of it. And they were going to oppose it. And they were going to declare that there's something greater. Guys, this is why we're given the power. This is what it's here for. It's not so I can be more comfortable and I can feel more softness and floatsy and more peace and more joy. All those things are great. And they're all part of what you, you need. But we need power. We need God's power. We got to live righteous, to do good, to be able to help others, to be able to have strength to when, it, when it's hard to do the right thing, when it, to live holy when in a society that is not holy. His fire comes, and it helps us. And they, it says here, they were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. So there you go, guys. All of you who don't think you're brainiacs and you're just these, I'm just a trades guy. Guess what? These guys didn't have any special training. They just connected with God and they were willing to learn. And this is what else. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. They're like, they kind of talk the same as him. They kind of like don't mess around. They call black, black, and white, white. And they deal with things in a very straightforward manner. Jesus was not one that messed around. And it says here, <clears throat> but since they could see the man, the man who had been healed standing right there among them, 
there was nothing the council could say. The miracles of Jesus and the power of God working in people's lives, you can't deny it. And that's what we've got to push in for. How many know of people who need a miracle, who need something from God? We need it, but we also have people around us that need it. And God wants to use us. He wants us to be the conduit for his power to be seen. That notable and undeniable miracles will happen in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen? This is not a time to shrink back and to be, oh, I, I just wonder, why is it not happening? Why, you know, uh, that whole thing happens a lot with pastors. And you get in that whole loop. And, oh, why? And I sat in those circles too many times. I'm like, I'm not sitting in this circle, guys. This is what the scripture says. This is what we're pushing in for. This is what we're believing. That's what Ignite Prayer Night's for. We're not, we're not praying the problem. We are pressing in for the solution. We know where the Holy Spirit is, and we're calling out to him, and we're, we're, we're pressing into him. Next Thursday, uh, it's this Thursday coming, Ignite. And we're, it's a Holy Spirit night. We are actually, that's the whole focus is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just pour out. Pour out, Holy Spirit. We need you. We need you in our churches. We need the Holy Spirit. So <clears throat> you're more than welcome to come and join us to cry out for more because we need it. We need it. Amen? And it says here, so, um, so they couldn't say anything because this man is standing there healed among them. So they ordered Peter and John out of the council chamber and conferred among themselves. What should we do with these men, they asked each other. We can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But to keep them from spreading the propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in the name of Jesus again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. Easy, right? We're going to be getting some commands, folks. It's already coming down the burner. In case you don't know the laws that they're putting in place. There's different things that have already been set in place. Different bills that are banning us from doing different things scripturally that we know scripture says. And it's completely against scripture. And it can become criminal if you speak up against it. So we need boldness. We need boldness. Amen? I need it. Because I'll shrink back. Me and myself, without God's Holy Spirit and his power, I'm a coward. I'll sit on my couch and eat Doritos and watch a movie if I don't have the Holy Spirit working in me. Because flesh is flesh, and flesh is weak. And the Bible says that when, the, uh, when um, it's in uh, Galatians, when the spirit is willing, the flesh, no. Or is it the reverse? Yeah. You can reverse it either way. The spirit is what? Right. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And so we've got to allow that spirit to work in us. We have to let ourselves be filled. And so it says here, um, once they said this, again, Peter speaks up. And it says here, but Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? <laughs> do you notice how he responds with a question? That's one of the best things that we can do and is not give an answer many times to people, but give a question back. You look, read the scriptures and see how many times Jesus responded with another question. He never answered the question he responded back with a question that would make them answer their own many times dumb question, but they would answer it. Well, they wouldn't answer it because they saw how dumb it was when he asked the question back to them. And so these guys were like, what do you think we should do? They said, we cannot stop what? Telling about everything we have seen and heard. Amen? What does a witness do? Talks about what they've seen and heard. And we've been given power to do it. Power. Power. That is what the power is for. Number one primary purpose. All the other stuff, burning sin out of our life, 
all those other things, different manifestations, those are all, they, they happen. And for whatever reasons, like with Mustafa, the, the Holy Spirit came upon him in the service, and he went up for his eye, because he needs healing in his eye, but he also had this, but he didn't go up for that, and, and it was like the Holy Spirit burned that out of him, and that was what he got rid of, and that's what he dealt with. But then what's he doing? He's telling everyone about it. So the Holy Spirit wants to work so that everyone knows this is what God has done. Amen? My brother got a gold filling from God. We, we, were, we worked at, my parents worked at Teen Challenge, broke as anything, because you don't make money working at Teen Challenge. And especially down in the States, that's where they were. And so you pretty well volunteered, and they gave you the house and a little bit of money. So he had a really bad cavity, and he could not go to the dentist because he couldn't afford it because dental's not covered. We go to church, and this guy is praying, and he's ministering, and he's like, I just feel the Holy Spirit is telling me there's an anointing for teeth. There's a healing anointing for teeth. Everyone who has problems with their teeth, come on up. And several came up, and, and my brother just got prayed for. He was newly saved, only saved like a few, few months. So everything was just new to him. He was just like, okay, whatever. Gets prayed for, doesn't feel anything, goes home, and next morning he's brushing his teeth and he looks and he sees a shiny, and here he's got this gold filling in his tooth in the shape of a cross. And he's like getting the flashlight and, you know, the mirror. And anyway, guess who walked around with a flashlight telling everyone everywhere, wherever he went, about his gold filling. And you wouldn't believe how many people didn't believe him, right? Yeah, yeah, right. You did it, you know. And it, Like he knew. And, and, but it didn't stop him from telling everyone. And so when God's power hits us and we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us and we say, God, use us and, 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 and take us and Holy Spirit, fill us more, fill us. And, and we begin to put things aside and we allow him to fill us. And we ask, Holy Spirit, we want you. We want your baptism. We want your fire. Amen? So it says here, but they finally they let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. Amen? If I can have the worship team up, we're going to um, we're gonna pray and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message has truly blessed your life. For more information, go to bigchurch.cc.